Hello world. If you can hear this, that means you're tuned into JSY podcast and I am your host, just simply Yvonne, coming to chat with you and you never know what about. This podcast was created for everyday people living everyday lives with the hopes that a conversation will be had that could change your perspective. We have made it to season two. I'm so excited to still be here. I hope that your ears are ready to listen. Your heart is open to receive a nugget or two and that this is a good use of your time. As Jahim says, come on over to my place. Let's see what we're talking about this episode. Well, hello there. When I tell you I am about a week late and I have tried to record this particular episode four or five times and first the mic didn't want to work and then my computer wasn't reading the mic then I mean oh my gosh and I then one particular day like I wanted to record this on March 20th just because this episode is journaling with JSY and that is the day that my dad passed and so it was really heavy on me that day to journal and so I wanted to record and journal and share that that moment like in that moment and I mean I just couldn't figure out what to say and then when I finally figured out what exactly I wanted to say the mic didn't work and then I was like well that's okay I can use a different platform I could not figure out how to edit on that platform which I'm not a huge editor but if I am stumbling for a word or if I'm taking forever to come up with what I want to say or which has happened in the last three or four times that I've recorded, I just randomly had to yawn. And so I don't want that to come across. And so I just have little things that I can go through and edit and just make sure that it comes across professional, that it sounds the way I want it to sound, that you get a quality product. And in that particular platform, I couldn't figure out how to edit. And so I recorded a whole 35 minute episode and then couldn't I go back and take out my yawns and my word brain farts and you know and I'm like absolutely not this is not my first episode this is not the way that I present myself I will not produce something just for the sake of it has to be done on this day and then throw you anything I will not do it so I apologize that I am tardy to the party, but guess what? If you can hear this, that means I figured out the solution and I am here in front of you, in your ear, in your radio, ready to what? Talk, okay? Journaling with JSY in the month of March. I hope that your March is well. I hope that you are well in March whether that's spiritually, financially, emotionally, socially, spiritually. I don't know if I just said that, but I hope that you are well in all of the lees, okay? I hope that you are well. I hope that you have affirmed yourself this month. I hope you took an opportunity to read a book 
if not the book that we read this month, any book to expand your mindset, to get your mind off of whatever it is that you're going through, that you're journeying, journeying through. See, right there, I could edit, but we're we going with it, okay? <laughs> I'm just so excited to be here. I'm just, uh, I'm like, really? This never happens to me. And I try to pride myself on doing what I say I'm going to do, which it has lately been like a Tuesday post, a Tuesday episode. But it would have been last Tuesday, so I'm like, oh, you got me out here looking, looking, looking. It's okay, though. I am here. But all of that to say, um, I hope you're having a great month. I hope that things are looking well for you. We are closing out the first quarter. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Like, we are literally closing out March, which means the first quarter of the year, if you have some goals that you've written, that you wrote down, excuse me, that you wrote down that you wanted to accomplish, I hope that you are um, accomplishing them or you're making tweaks to them for the next quarter. And so um, for me, two, I crossed off like immediate. And then three more, I'm like, oh, I'm like not exactly there, but not it's not accomplished. So I'm like, well, let's tweak it a little bit and see if we can't accomplish this in the second quarter. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with um, setting an, an audacious goal and working toward it and seeing what you're able to accomplish. The The point is setting your intention and your focus toward something and then seeing if you're able to do that. So hopefully you are moving and grooving over here in March, getting ready to, to get into April. So excited. And we are like literally days before April. So I'm like, Oh, I'm in here. I'm in here. I'm in here. I'm about to be in here again recording just to make sure I have my first of the month episode. But right here, right now, this particular episode, journey, journaling, see, mm. Ooh, y'all getting it. Y'all getting it. Y'all getting it. But I'm going journey. Wow. <laughs> journaling with JSY. This particular month, I wanted to talk about um, dealing with grief, like handling grief, um, journaling through grief. Um, On March 20th, as I previously stated, my dad passed away 11 years ago. And each year, it hits me different. And when it hits me different, I try to sit in that day and like figure out where I'm at or what's going on. Which, if I take it back two years ago, March 20th, I lost one of my jobs. And I was happy to lose it, actually, because I did not like it. And when she said, we're going to move forward without you, I just got so excited, started grabbing my things. And I had was heavy, not really heavy, but it crossed my mind that morning. Like, this is a rough day for me. And it was a Friday, so I was just like, well, I have the weekend to reflect and to do whatever I'm going to do in honor of my dad. And then at four o'clock when they called me in the office and was like, we're going to move forward without you. I'm like, oh, this is even better. Like, this is an amazing weekend. And of course, they thought she was like, I'm not sure you heard what I said. I'm like, I heard exactly what you said. And thank you so much. Like, I'm so excited because I have been praying about how can I quit this job? It pays well, but I don't like it. Morally, I don't agree with what they're doing. And so every day it was a struggle. It was a battle for me to go to work and to sit in that environment and the toxicity and the, you know, I just it socially I was fine. Like I was able to meet, mingle with people. I was able to chit chat. I was able to be 
uh, extroverted, that part was fine. The money, financially, it was fine. Emotionally, it was draining. But morally, I did not agree. And so for me to sit there day in, day out, and it was just five and a half months, but still, um, for me to do that, it was taxing. And I kept saying, how am I going to get out of this? I, like, how am I going to get out of these? The hours are good. The pay is good. But I just I just cannot. So when they, they let me go, I was like, this is even better. Because then I could file for unemployment and go through that whole process. But it just happened to be on that day. And I'm like, okay, March 20th. You're not really serving me in a good way. You're not giving me a... Um, a good taste in my mouth. Like it's the first day of spring and it's a bunch of things, but it's also the day my dad passed and the day that I lost that job. So this particular March 20th, I'm in a different space, um, a different city, um, a different job, a career. My life is just different, but, and I don't know why, because um, 11 is not like a significant number in the scheme of numerology, but for whatever reason, it just, it was heavy. And I was like, oh man, I think my son is 12 and my dad passed when he was one. So I'm like, in these 11 years, all the things y'all could have talked about, all the things you could have shown him, all the things that, all the conversations all the conversations we could have had about raising a son or about the different milestones he'll have and I mean just the different outlook that my dad would have compared to me as a woman and like I grew up with just my mom and my sister so being around boys was not something I saw and so I had no like I have no preface on what exactly it means to raise a boy so I was like oh and then of course I lost my dad so I'm like oh man so that particular day I just was like I hope I'm doing this right I hope that I'm giving him the tools he needs to be successful. And I hope I'm making my dad proud, you know. So I was sitting with that and the the idea came about journaling because um, I just had so many emotions that day. So I was like, oh, yes, when I sit down to talk for the journaling with JSY this month, I want to talk about how you can journal or what how you can maneuver through grief. And so when I sat down, it was not with the prompt. It was not with the agenda. It was more so, let's see how you feel. And in me seeing how I felt, I started thinking about the memories that we had, the good things. And it went from one memory to another memory to another memory. Oh, I remember when. Oh, I remember that. Oh my gosh, I remember that. Oh, I forgot about that. And I was just like, it ended up, it started off heavy. And then by the end, I felt lifted. Like I felt lighter. And if you were to look at that piece of paper, (laughs) you would be like, what is this? Like, this is not journaling or this is not this doesn't make any sense. It's not in like chronological order. It's not any of that. It literally is just memories that came to my mind one after the other, after the other, after the other. But I wanted to say that journaling does not have to be specific. It does not have to be like organized. It doesn't have to be when I was 10, I think of, and then you fill in the blank. It can have a prompt, but it also doesn't have to. Like, you can make it whatever you choose it to be. And with grief, it's different stages, and they hit you differently at different times. So someone might come along, and they lose their dad, 
but they lost their dad when they were like 35 versus I was 23. And at 35, you have a different outlook on life. You are a different place in life most times. And so mentally, you might say, we got 35 years in. This is all the things my dad taught me. And you might, you know, grieve for a little bit. And then you might go on to the next stage. Or you might say, I'm in this... um like anger, resentment, whatever this stage is. And then you might go on to um, the acceptance or, you know, like it's like five stages, but you might go from one to five to three to two to four versus I might go one, two, three, five, four, or I might do five, four, one, you know, like each person processes it different and the amount of time is different. So somebody might sit in stage five for a month. Somebody else might sit in stage five for three years. There is no, (laughs) you'll never know. You have to go through it and then it depends. Healing requires work. So you have to do the work no matter how hard, no matter how grueling, no matter how tiring, you have to do it because you can say, I'm not doing that right now. My emotions are all over the place. This is hard. I don't want to. And you might let five years pass. Guess what? At the end of that five years, you're still at that same spot. Time heals wounds, but healing is required. They don't tell you that. They say time heals all wounds or time heals all. Time heals all is what they say. Yeah healing is required though (laughs) like time passing does nothing but pass time if you're not doing anything in that time it's not productive you'll have that exact same problem that exact same issue just a different date on the calendar like it doesn't magically I was divorced and then I didn't deal with all of what goes with divorce and then 10 years later I'm magically healed from divorce like Nuh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. As a massage therapist, I can tell you, uh-uh. Nuh-uh, uh-uh, It's people that I massage that they got divorced. They talk about their divorce as though it's current. And, of course, as I get to know the people, I ask questions. And then when you say it was 25 years ago, I'm like, why are you talking about it like it happened yesterday? Like it was two months ago. Because they haven't healed. They haven't done the work. And they're still sitting at that one spot when they got the news 25 years ago. And so, therefore, they're not able to move forward because they haven't done the work. And so, if you don't do the work to heal from grief or loss of a job, loss of a relationship, loss of, you know, whatever it is that you lost, um, it, it just stays there. It might go to the back of your mind, and it not, might not be at the forefront, but it still stays there. I mean, what if you got out of like a toxic or a traumatic relationship, and then you say, I'm going to wait three years before I date again. When you date again in three years, you are not magically ready for a relationship without healing all the issues that happened from the first one. And a lot of people move on. And they say they're healed, but then those same issues show up in the next relationship, which lets you know they are not healed. So you can move forward physically, but if you haven't like mentally, emotionally, you know, done the work, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not right. (laughs) And then it's going to come up. So healing is required. It's work though. It is work. You cannot say here I am 
unemployed with a degree with these skills and then go to a hundred job interviews, get told no and not feel some type of way. You're going to feel some type of way. And when you feel that you have to figure out like, what about this is aggravating or what about this is disappointing or what about this is whatever the fill in the blank. And then you have to process what's going on. And even with like loss, death, um, when it happens, and as much as I would like to say it won't, but it will. So when it happens, not if it happens, when it happens, it's a range of emotions that you feel. Some people are like relieved if it was um, a medical illness or they saw a lot of suffering, they're relieved. They're like, oh, I'm so glad they don't have to go through that anymore. Some people are hurt. Some people are sad. Some people are angry. Some people are bitter. Some people, you know, like different people feel different things according to where they are in their life. And of course, the relationship they have with the person. A lot of people feel regret because it's like, I should have said this. Or I should have did this or I should have visited more. Or I should have, you know, um, any of the emotions that you feel are valid. So um, I also want to say that a lot of times when people gr- grieve because it's different per person people will try to tell you how to grieve and that's they may mean well but each person is different and in them being different they require different they walk different the time span is different the feelings are different like it it's different and so yeah Each person heals, grieves, bounces back, processes, moves different. So take that and understand if you are around someone who is grieving that there is no, well, they're here, so they should be here next week or they should be here next month or they should be here next year. Not necessarily. Maybe, hopefully, they've moved, you know, forward in the process. But if they don't, there's nothing wrong with that. And if it's you who is grieving, it's not you supporting someone who's grieving. If it's you, then understand that it's perfectly fine to be wherever you are, however you're working through it. If you can only journal one time for, I don't know, say six months, that's still something that you're doing and if you're busy with work if you are you know living life and it's not affecting you that's I mean that's your prerogative nobody can tell you no you need to sit down and do that now now when you start acting reckless and you start getting into stuff and you know things are going downhill then people who love you and support you are going to say hey we need to either get you know call a a meeting we need to get you in therapy we need to you know we something we need to do something because you're spiraling downhill and we don't want to lose you you know so if people reach out and say I'm concerned about your mind state or where you are how you're living or you know some of the new choices you've made then definitely want to check and see have you checked out completely to where you don't you're not keeping up with what's going on have you giving up on everything and just going through the motions. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely want to reach out if you feel like harming yourself or harming someone, you want to reach out to get help. 
Um, I also will leave you with a few things that, um, how, or a few things that when dealing with grief, how you can manage. So I would say accept all emotions. And there's so many emotions. When you say sad, literally you can write the word sad down and then go down a long list of sad and then what else about it or how else, what other emotions pop up and then what other emotions pop up and then what other emotions pop up because it could be a long, it could be a rabbit hole. And when you really sit with all of them, then you're able to better understand who you are and how you feel with grief versus somebody saying, oh, so-and-so passed and then you're sad and that's it. You might be relieved. You might be resentful. You might be, you know, regretting. You might have shame. You might, you know, like it could be more than one emotion at the same time. But you want to sit with yourself and accept everything that comes with that so you're able to understand how you process grief and to be able to move forward. You have to deal with all of them. If if you only deal with one, you're not really doing the full healing process. You're just doing one to say I did that and I'm going to move forward that's not full healing it's like partial which means you're going to have to partially come back I would also say um, be gentle with yourself as you are going through all of that whatever the grieving process looks like um, just hearing that you lost someone be gentle with yourself don't say well this 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 I could have did I should have did I you know be gentle with yourself because loss is hard. As much as people just try to hear today, gone tomorrow, they say stuff and they don't really know exactly. They know what they're saying, but they don't know the weight of what they're saying. Be gentle with yourself because you're processing grief as well as still trying to move forward with your life, still trying to show up every day, still trying to survive. So be gentle with yourself and your thoughts. If you think things, Just know that you are not a bad person because someone left. Just know that it's not your fault. Sit with that and and really like sit with it and take it in and understand that. And it's not like, well, I did this and then this happened. No, no, no. You have to be careful how you think and what you think when you're going through grief because because there's so many stages one of them can be blame and when you get into that then it's it's hard to pull yourself out of that so you want to just be gentle with yourself while you're processing all of these emotions and going through all that comes with grief i would also say choose good company if you're around people who are negative who have pessimistic thoughts and sayings and it's always uh, critiquing you, choose better company. In this space, in the grieving space, you want to be around optimistic, positive, uplifting, encouraging, inspiring. You want to be around happier people just so you can use that energy to pull you along because it's rough. Like I'm telling you, it is rough. It's it's not as simple as so-and-so left and that's it. Oh, I'm sad, but I'll move on. It gets heavy. And then you don't know when it's going to be heavier. 
So you just want to make sure you're around good-hearted people or good people with good energy, positive things, positive thinking, positive thoughts, positive vibes to where when you go start going down and when you start feeling heavy, they're able to pull you up. They're able to support you in a way that makes sense. Because if you're already heavy or if you're feeling some type of way and then somebody critiques, well, you should have did that and you should have and you should have did this. And well, if I was you, I would have. That's not the energy that you want at that moment. Sometimes someone giving you um, like advice is fine, but not in this particular space in the healing process. That's not the time. Surround yourself with good hearted people. People who want to see you thrive. People who want to see you pull back to kind of who you were, where you were at first. If that makes sense. I know that a lot of times with loss, you'll never be the same. But you have like a part of you that's functioning. A part of you that gets stuff done. A part of you that is different. And so they want to get you as close back to that as possible. And not to say that the grieving person isn't important. But you just don't want to hang out there and drastically change your life in like a negative way because you are still here for a reason. And so whatever that reason is, you want to make sure that you're moving toward it, that you're, you know, trying to get there, trying to live out your particular purpose, because maybe that person's purpose was up, which is why their name was called. We don't know that. But I'm just saying, if you're still here another day, you're here because you still have purpose. Um, I would also say get extra rest. It is hard work to heal because it's more than just mentally. It's more than just emotionally. You're processing like, why did this person leave and I stay? Why did this happen in this way? Why at this moment and I'm still going through this? Or why, you know, like it is a lot of things that you're dealing with and your mind is constantly going. And then your emotions are drained because it's so many emotions at one time. And so it's important to get rest. To get rest. Lay down and say, I'm going to shut my mind off and let my physical body take rest. Also, if you need help getting rest, you can move your body, meaning exercise, go out in nature, just take in some fresh air, go and walk, not necessarily with the destination in mind or a calorie count in mind, like I need to burn 600 calories or I'm going to walk for two hours to try to, none, none of that. You could just go out in nature and just say, you know, I just want to see I just want to feel, I just want to get away. I just want to clear my mind. I just want to, you know, and you could just do something different than what you normally do. If exercise is your jam, then do it. I mean, if that's your thing, but I know that it's not everybody's thing. So if you don't feel like that is for you at that moment, just do something to move your body because then it helps you rest. It helps you get in the bed and like actually go to sleep and not just lay there. And then lastly, I would say, be cautious and watchful with the decisions that you make. Because a lot of times, because you're so emotionally drained, somebody can come and ask you something that they wouldn't normally ask you, and you're like, yeah, whatever. Or they could come and, you know, can I borrow this? And yeah, yeah, whatever. Or they could, you know, hey, can I come and stay with you? And you're like, yeah, whatever, because you want the company, or you want to stay busy, or you want, you know, you don't want to think about what's going on. So I would say be cautious and watchful about the things that are going on or the decisions that you're making in that space because um 
not all decisions are the best ones when you're emotionally drained because you're not thinking. And then mentally you're drained as well because you're like, why this and why now and why them and why not me? And I mean, all these questions that are coming up. So your mind is scattered. And so with your mind being scattered and your emotions being drained, some people can try to take advantage of that. So choosing good company and making sure you're around good people, good hearted people who want to see you win. They want to support you through your time and they just want to make sure that you are loved on and supported. So I just wanted to say those quick things about processing through grief. Um, like I said, journaling for me in that moment wasn't about a prompt, wasn't about anything specific. I just sat down to say like, why are you heavy today? Because 11 years to me, I was like, this is not a specific one. It's not the 10-year mark. It's not the five-year mark. It's not the first year. So I'm like, why 11 years do you feel this heavy? And then when I sat down, maybe I just needed to go back and remember some of the good times. Maybe I just needed to take that moment to reset and to think differently about the situation. Who knows? I mean, you just never know what's in your mind because some of that stuff is just in there. And when you go to sleep, the unconscious, the subconscious and the conscious, I mean, they all have to communicate at some point. So, I mean, you just never know what's in there. And it's some of the stuff, you know, but you just don't pull it out so often. So then you kind of forget. So that's why I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I didn't realize I had all these memories. Yeah. I mean, I kind of knew I grew up with around my dad. It's just it had been so long since I really stopped and thought about it so yeah but that ended up being a good day for me like it ended up being uplifting by the time I got through I was smiling I was happy I was pleased I was like this is nice this is really nice because it gave me a moment to just really appreciate parts of my childhood and what my dad contributed and who he had been in my life and I mean it just gave me something to smile about and so I just wanted to say that when you journal, it does not have to be specific. It does not have to be what somebody else thinks. It could just literally be you sitting down to write a few things and then it turns into something. And at the end, it's beautiful. Whatever it turns into. It could be two sentences if that's what you want. And you say, I don't really have anything, but those two sentences could mean something to you. And you could feel better by just writing those two sentences. Um, I would say a few tips to cope is be prepared that um be prepared to like experience all of the things all of the emotions all the things that come with coping like growing healing be prepared because it's not strictly one thing you're not just waiting on one thing like oh i'm just waiting to feel all the feels okay but after you do that then what Healing is work, and it's not strictly acknowledging, I felt 12 emotions, now I'm healed. Definitely not. So be prepared to experience all that comes with it. And it is a journey. It is not a one, two, three, I'm done. Like a two-step process is not that. It's not that. And you're still trying to live life. You're still trying to move, maneuver in all the other ways that you are here in the earth so if you're a daughter if you're a sister if you're a cousin if you're a friend if you're an employee if you're a business owner if you you know whatever the case may be <laughs> you still have to show up and perform those duties you might get a slack or you might get some slack because of the grief the you know the immediate grief but then after that people assume that you're going to res resume your responsibilities so it's like okay now you've been off for two weeks now we need you to come back to 
cooking dinner or whatever it is that you do in your role. So yeah, you're having to heal and continue living. Be prepared to experience all that comes with it. Also, um, I would say plan distractions and I got really good at this. Like, so my dad passed away and then I got divorced within the same year. And so it wasn't until my counselor pointed it out like three years later or so, maybe three, four, I don't know. But she was like, Yvonne, you purposely wake up at six, take your kids to daycare, go to college classes, come back, you know, pick my kids up from daycare, get them over to a, a sitter, go to massage classes. And then by the time I get home, I pass out and then do it all over again. Like, I mean, I say pass out. I had to do homework and just random stuff. So massage school got out of at 10 and then I would stay up to like 12, finishing whatever I needed to do. And then back up at 6 a.m. And I ran for a while. I mean, massage school was only nine months, but I ran. It was like once I finished massage school, then I did something else. And then once I finished this, I finished something else. And she was like, you are keeping yourself so distracted that you're not taking the time to deal with either one, your dad and your ex-husband. And I just laughed at her when she said, I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? I was like, I am not distracted. I am focused. I am working. I am. (laughs) And she was like, you are. But you also are not dealing with this. And that's why I can tell you for a fact, just because time passes, if you do no work in that area, time is just passing. (laughs) You still are going to have to get, but eventually, whenever you slow down, whenever you figure it out, whenever you accept that fact, you're still going to have to do the work. It could be 10 years later. It could be 20 years later. It could be whenever. If you do not do the work, it'll be waiting for you. It'll just be waiting. Whenever you get ready, it'll be right there waiting. So it's like, uh, when she told me that, though, I'm like a distraction, like a small distraction, not years of distraction. I mean, you could do that, but (laughs) um, I don't suggest it. It was a rough, (laughs) it was a rough patch right there for me because I was like wait what I still have to do the work I still have to acknowledge that I was divorced I still have to acknowledge I lost my dad I don't want to do that and she was just like you have to but I was in counseling so it was in good space to where I was able to you know talk through it but I mean subconsciously I didn't think I was gonna have to I was like girl Bob, I'm gonna work I'm gonna get you know get a career established so I can have income for my kids like I had a whole game plan and it was like but it wasn't dealing with what I needed to deal with for the healing process so plan a distraction in a small way so if that's a weekend getaway or if that's picking up a hobby but it's not like seven nights a week hobby you know something that kind of grounds you and keeps you centered but not to where it keeps you away from doing anything regarding your healing. Um, I would say reminisce on relationships. So whoever the person was or whatever the situation was, um, being able to look at the good times and appreciate them and see what you got out of it is a good way to like process through and to, to deal with coping, like coping with grief, because then you're able to, find the the silver lining and say, this person did teach me this, or this person did help me with this, or this person showed me this. And that's a good way to like reminisce the good part of it. 
Um, also, I would say connect with others who have similar or the same experience. So if they lost a parent and you lost a parent, maybe y'all can sit together and talk about some things. Although people do experience it different, sometimes it just helps to know that someone has already been where you are. So if they're on year five and you're on month two, they're able to sit with you and say, I'm here at year five. It gets better. Or it's get, it gets different is what I'll say. It gets different. Um, I'm not saying that it's better or worse. It's just different. It hit me different than it hits other people. So somebody might say, oh, just keep living. My parent has been gone 30 years and I'm at year 11. So um, just being able to relate to someone and for them to show you like I'm on the other side of where you are sometimes can help. And then last, um, start a new tradition. This one for me um, my dad used to always say when we were growing up, we would spend every Christmas together, except one, but 22 Christmases together. And he would say when y'all, well, well I'm the only one with grandkids, but he was like, when we get to a space where they're a little bit older, we're going to go to like celebrate December 18th, 19th. So they can go with their other people, you know, to where everybody gets a chance to see them. He was like, I don't want to say we have to see them on Christmas day. And then they don't get a chance to spend time with especially when we divorced or when we were thinking about divorce, he was like, I don't want you to have to figure out if they're going to see us this year, them this year, that grandparent, they, you know, he was just like, we can get together the week before. And so now that he has left, I tell my kids all the time, when y'all get grown, we're going to start celebrating the 18th, 19th. That way when you start dating and when you get out, then you won't be trying to figure out how you're going to fly home or catch me or me catch you, you know, all three of y'all plus me, you know, I'm just like, yeah, we should try that as our tradition just to um, kind of honor him, just to kind of keep him close because of course they just like to hear me tell stories about him because they, they were young. They were one, two and five. So they... They don't really remember him at all. So for me to tell them things, they're like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, we can do that. And then, you know, that'll be our tradition to kind of bring him in or bring the memory in, you know. But, I mean, it could be a tradition could be planting a tree and going by that tree every year and putting flowers or going to the gravesite and putting balloon, releasing balloons or whatever it is that you think is a tradition for you and how you you know, honor that person, that definitely individual preference. It's not like, oh, you have to celebrate that week or do something for their birthday. Or I've seen people do birthday parties where they get together at restaurants and they just have a picture of the person and they all, you know, sing happy birthday and they have a cake and they all enjoy each other. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. I'm not, that's not something I would do, but I mean, I think it's nice for other people, you know? So individual preference whatever works for you whatever you think is appropriate whatever you're okay with do that if it's writing a letter and then putting it in the sea or in the ocean I think that is so I'm like oh the the message in a bottle type thing I'm like that is so I like those kind of things but I mean somebody else might say that's absolutely crazy individual preference individual preference whatever it is that you feel that you want to do and start a tradition just to keep that person's memory alive. Completely up to you. But just another idea to help you um, deal with coping and um, the the process of managing grief of a loved one. But super, super, super excited that I was able to get this out and recorded. 
Thank you so much for being a dedicated listener. If you're new, welcome. I promise you, they don't all start off like this. They don't all go like this. I will be back very shortly. And um, toodles. That's it and that's all for this episode, of course. I'm coming back to you live at 5, okay? I hope that you heard something that sticks with you or that pops back up in your mind later in the week and you're able to marinate on it. Real quick, if you could, Spotify has a new option to rate podcast so if you heard this podcast on spotify if you could leave a rating or if you heard it on apple if you could leave a review so other people can find this podcast and take a listen thank you so very much i truly could not do it without you and just know i'm probably somewhere talking until next time toodles y'all